When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast for you. Every week, we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not-so-great content on Disney Plus as well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans, we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show, and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney P-L-U-S Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda says, What's the podcast? Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Jack. Sports Jack. It's Sports Jack. And once again, welcome to the Sports Yak Podcast, episode 217. You mean the Fat Freddy Fitzsimmons episode? Oh, get ready for some Fat Freddy Fitzsimmons. Pride of Mishawaka, Indiana. He won 217 big league games in his career, a formidable force in the National League, pitching for the New York Giants and the Brooklyn Dodgers in the 20s and the 30s. He's Fat Freddie Fitzsimmons. <laughs> Is he still around? Uh, oh, no. He he passed away of a heart attack uh, probably about 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Freddie Fitzsimmons, though, very good pitcher. He, was a, he threw a knuckle curve. And that's what kind of set him apart from the other pitchers out there. Uh, very agile. You know, he's called Fat Freddy. He was 5'11", 205. Um, I'm 5'11", 205. You're not fat. So I don't want to throw. You're a chunky chunk. I don't want to throw stones at a glass house. Well, I am chunky. chunky I, I got to work on that a little bit. But uh, <laughs> nevertheless, we dedicate episode 217 to the pride of the Princess City. Mr. Freddie Fitzsimmons. Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer, this one will be relived, Chuck Freebie. Forever! You know, there was a time when Chuck and I would rattle off three episodes a week, no problem. Mm-hmm. We've backed away from doing that because we're kind of, we kind of stockpile the stories, but we've got a lot to get through today. I love this Patrick Mahomes story for a couple of reasons. Uh, number one... You may remember on the previous episode of the Yak when we were celebrating Bobby Bonilla Day. Yes. 
that we kind of made the remark that Bobby Bonilla, who hasn't played a game in 19 years, get paid more than the National Football League MVP. That is not the case anymore. Patrick Mahomes, they bring the money in in duffel bags and Brinks trucks and whatever they have to to get it to Kansas City because the man got paid. Ten-year contract extension worth at least $450 million with incentives. It could go well over five hundred. It is the richest contract in the history of American sport. They love this guy in Kansas City. Uh, he's done nothing but good things down there, both on and off the field. And they want to keep him a chief for life, and they'll keep him a chief until at least 2031. He could be a chief for his entire football career. Likely will be. He's got no trade contract in there. Now, there are things that both the team and he have to do within the confines of the contract to make it work. Um, but it looks like he'll be in Kansas City for the rest of his playing career. I know the Bears fans are like, we got Mitch Trubisky instead of Patrick Mahomes. And, hey, you saved yourself $400 million. Who, who was way. the guy in the middle? Who else was the choice back then? Wasn't there three quarterbacks? Mm. Mitch, Mahomes, and then one more? I, uh, Deshaun Watson. Yes. And where'd he end up? Uh, he'll get his. He'll get his money. He's in Houston. Okay. He and Lamar Jackson will both get paid, and we'll have to see what Jerry Jones does with Dak Prescott now. So if you're a quarterback in the NFL right now, you look at this Patrick Mahomes deal, and you stand up in your chair, and you start clapping your hands because this is only good news for you. Uh, but Mahomes, so they tacked on a 10-year extension to the two years left on his deal. Now, this year, he's still not going to get paid a lot of money. This is, this is somewhat of a deferred contract down the road. So <laughs> the Chiefs uh, put $450 million into this contract, and only 30000 shows up on the salary cap for this year. You got a $30,000 raise for this year. It's down the road where uh, most of that money will be paid. The other thing that I really like about this story mm -hmm. is how it broke. <laughs> it broke because the Chiefs sent a front office employee over to the local liquor store to get some champagne to celebrate the fact that they've got their quarterback locked up till 2031. And uh, he wanted some Dom Perignon. This particular liquor store didn't have it in stock, perhaps, but he had come in and said to the man running the liquor store why they wanted the Dom Perignon, that they had a big front office signing. And so the boss goes in the back and he tells this lady, Katie Camlin, yeah, the front office guy from the Chiefs was in here trying to get some Dom Perignon. I guess they got a big signing today. Well, she's a big Chiefs fan. And she kind of puts two and two together and says, sounds to me like Patrick Mahomes signed and tweets it out. <laughs> Tweet, tweets it out at like uh, 1225 in the afternoon. Over an hour later, Adam Schefter, who is the story breaker for the NFL at ESPN starts tweeting out about the Mahomes signing about two in the afternoon. 
And he's got a stream of like about seven threads. Meanwhile, Katie Camlin had taken down her tweet because she was scared that she had done something wrong. Hmm. Like she had violated a confidence of a customer or might get the liquor store in trouble or something like that. Okay. But some other Chiefs fans had seen it and had taken a snapshot of the tweet and saved it, fortunately for Katie. So all of a sudden, her phone's blowing up because people are like, you beat Adam Schefter on the story. <laughs> and and she put up a, a cool gif of uh, Stephen Colbert pointing to a, a sign that says, I told you so. <laughs> uh, so yesterday then, Schefter somehow got her number and texted her, congratulations on the scoop. Next time a Chiefs employee is trying to buy, buy six bottles of champagne, just let me know. Oh, nice. And she's just like, we can all go home now. My day is made. That's a great story. So she seems to have taken this in very good spirit. She has become somewhat of a, uh, a 15 minutes of fame celebrity in Kansas City. But I'll tell you what, as we mentioned, this Mahomes contract is going to have ripple effects, as everything does. It's going to impact Dak Prescott. It's going to impact Deshaun Watson. It's going to impact Lamar Jackson. My son, the 13-year-old, deserves a shout-out. He wrote, he read me a breakdown of money of Patrick Mahomes last night in the car. Yes. And I think he got down to, it's $1.61 a second. <laughs> that ain't bad. It's not a bad rate. Add it all up. Now, as somebody else tweeted this week, the uh, this might have been a tweet from an NFL account of some sort. When you take the Mahomes contract, you think, that's a lot of money. And, folks, it is. That's a lot of money. And then you realize that Jeff Bezos, the guy that runs Amazon, makes that every 36 hours. Oh, my gosh. Every 36 hours, he's making a half bill. Patrick Mahomes is 24 years old. He is one year older than my oldest daughter. Yeah. He's the same age as my oldest daughter. How's she making out I'd as a like teacher? to introduce <laughs> Patrick to my oldest daughter. Woo, good for him. Good for him. Let's segue into Notre Dame football. By the way, mm-hmm. I was at the bookstore over the weekend shopping for my wife's birthday present. They've got a, um, uh, for t-shirts and hats, like a little uh, display, Billy Joel, June 25th, <laughs> 2020. The- Full price. What? I was like, why don't you have these for... I'd buy it for 10 bucks just to have and giggle about it. Full speaking, price. Speaking of full price, before we get to the Irish. Okay. Did you and I talk about this yesterday about Harvard University? <laughs> Harvard University <laughs> has declared that it is going to all online classes this year. So you might think, well, if, if all the classes are going to be online, there has to be certainly, some sort of... Certainly there's going to be a discount, discount in here. has to be. Nay, nay. Nay, nay, I say. <laughs> there's a discount at Harvard. You will be paying $49,500 to take your online classes at Harvard. I feel like the Zoom call is going to have like that beautiful maroon curtain before each class, and then it opens up slowly like at a play... What's University of Phoenix charging for online classes? Not that. 
Not, There's no way. Not 49-5. No. I just... But didn't you say the campus is open? The campus is open. So if you want to take part in your social clubs and your activities, you can live on campus. That'll be... Sir, that'll be another $21,000 to live on campus, bringing your grand total to $70,000 to live on campus at Harvard and take online classes. <laughs> People are out of their minds. I tried to Google the price tag of University of Phoenix. I can't get that to you that quick. I digress. Anyway, the University of Notre Dame continues with its COVID tests. Football. And they tested 103 Notre Dame football players, and none of them, not a single one, tested positive for COVID in this round two of testing. So what that means for the Irish is they can now go from having only 10 players around for workouts to somewhere between 30 and 40, which will help them progress. Now they can you know, go out on the field and probably toss a ball around and things like that, do some walk-through things. They're not, they can't go full bore until August 7th, but they could certainly have a coach like Tommy Reese, younger coach out there, directing people. Again, you're keeping your social distancing, but if you want to have an outdoor workout now with 30 to 40 people, go ahead. Interesting. So that's showing good signs. Oregon State, I think, was another program that had only one positive test. Uh, USC, despite saying that they're only going to have online classes this year, has still allowed the football program to go into phase two of reentry. And I'll tell you why all these teams are doing this, because they need football to keep their athletic departments going. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that they can wait till the spring. So can I, I ask this? Yes. What's more important, the sport of football or the fans in the stand during football? Well, the fans in the stands certainly help the cause, especially in the college program. In the NFL, the fans in the stands are not important at all. The NFL makes... And apparently they've got plenty of money to toss around. The NFL <laughs> makes, I think, 88% of its revenue from its TV contract. So, they honestly don't care if anybody shows up. Um, in fact, they might save some money if people didn't show up because then they don't have to have stadium employees that day and parking and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, college football is a different thing. College football, a lot of your money is brought in from ticket sales. So, have they made a matter-of-fact statement that there we will be fans in the stadium? Have we gotten there yet? No. No? No. Now, they continue to sell season tickets. <laughs> How? I don't know, but they do. Um, but I think we won't hear anything until at the end of this month, maybe early August, mm. as to whether fans will be in the stands or not. I hear rumors. I hear all kinds of different rumors. I don't want to share rumors with you on this show. I want to share facts. And right now, we don't have any facts. In fact, it's still up in the air whether this is all going to happen or not. But it does seem like the college football testing is going well. 
The same cannot be said for Major League Baseball. Their testing protocols, and Chris Bryant held a Zoom conference with the media, I think it was Monday, and basically, and and was very matter-of-fact about it, but just said, you know, we were told that there was going to be COVID testing basically every other day. He goes, there's guys that reported to camp Sunday that didn't get tested until Saturday. Wow. He goes, how, how is anybody supposed to feel safe in that environment? Right. So he said, the re, he said I don't want to opt out. He says, I want to play. And the reason I said I was going to play is because I felt like, based on what we were told, it was going to be safe. Mm-hmm. He says, I don't know if I feel as safe right now. He says, I'm probably still going to play. But it just, it's unnerving. It's bad enough. You may not have fans in the stands at a lot of the games. Um, and it's just going to be a weird atmosphere. Because there are some players, like Nick Marcakis of the Braves said, you know, we play for the fans. And if there aren't going to be fans there, I don't want to play. Yeah. Which, that's understandable. But the fact of the matter is, you got to be able to keep these guys safe. And I'm not sure Major League Baseball had all of its ducks in a row because of this prolonged debate between the... And and remember, the prolonged debate, people can say that it was, oh, the safety protocols were part of that. No, the prolonged debate was about money. Yeah. And Anthony Rizzo called out both MLB and the Players Association and said that was ridiculous how you conducted that negotiation especially during a pandemic when people are losing their lives and losing their jobs and we have double-digit unemployment and we're sitting here with billionaires and millionaires arguing with each other. So baseball, while these summer camps have begun and the schedule came out earlier this week and we'll talk about the schedule in a minute, I think, I think baseball will still be played, but it's not a foregone conclusion that it's all systems go right now for July 23rd. Season begins July 23rd. Major League Baseball unveiled the schedule Monday night. I looked at it, and then I took a breath, and then I looked at it the next day. What's one big thing you saw glaring-wise looking at the schedule? Is there anything in particular you went, hmm? Well, it, it's incredibly unbalanced because, for instance, the Cubs, they will play the White Sox six times because that's considered their interleague rival from the other division. They'll only play the Twins, supposedly the pick to win the American League Central, three times. The Cardinals get to play the Royals, who many people think might be the worst team in the American League Central. They get to play them six times because that's their rival. I'm not sure who they only match up three times with from the American League Central, Mm -hmm. but the Cardinals' schedule is viewed as much easier than the Cubs' schedule. One of the things that really stands out to me about both the Cubs and the White Sox schedules is that they close the season with three games against each other. Mm. Now, that's always a pretty salty rivalry anyway. Yeah. Can you imagine high stakes on the line 
maybe both of them trying to fight to get into the playoffs, and they're playing each other in the final three games of the season at guaranteed rate field. My big notice, and maybe you can correct me on this, I felt like I saw a lot of the Cubs game times at the same time early afternoon, like four or five. Well, for one, and this, there used to be a policy that the Cubs could not play Friday night games. And they got an exception from the neighborhood once in 2017 during the pennant stretch and once in 2018 because television wanted to show a Friday night Cubs game. Yes. And those were both in September. Every Friday night game at every Friday game at Wrigley Field this year is a night game. Perhaps under the assumption that there will be no fans or limited fans and that the visiting team bus does not disrupt the neighborhood all that much when it pulls up. Right. Um I just figure when I saw like the late afternoon game I'd like to watch those games, and it's like, am I around a TV at four or five? Well, here's the yes, you probably are. A common, a common <laughs> fan, a common. Actually, fan. the common fan might have better shot of watching at four or five than they would at two twenty if they were still at work. Okay, because remember, or later at night because I'm not staying up. Right. Uh, the nice thing is the Cubs don't have these West Coast games that'll be really late. But remember. <laughs> You know, it's all within the division. So they're playing 10 against the Reds, 10 against the Pirates, 10 against the Cardinals, 10 against the Brewers. And uh, the Friday night opener against Milwaukee will be on ESPN. But here's the other problem for Cub fans right now. If you have Comcast, if you have Dish, you can't see Cub games Mm. because the marquee network right now does not have an agreement with either of those. Still. Now, this is July 8th. We still have a couple of weeks until the 24th, so I wouldn't hit the pan. Oh, YouTube TV also does not have Marquee Network. So I wouldn't hit the panic button just yet, but you might want to sniff out those providers mm-hmm. that do have it, DirecTV, ATTUverse. Uh, if you have Spectrum cable over in Elkhart County, you're okay. Uh, but you might want to sniff out some of those providers because uh, otherwise you're going to miss a fair amount of Cub games on TV this year. Speaking of TV, did you see a WGN tweet yesterday? The mayor of Chicago said, if you are outside of the city and you come back, you're supposed to quarantine for a certain amount of time. So then someone brought up, well, what about the Cubs playing on the West Coast? Well, they won't be going to the West Coast. They're not. Who are they? Who are they uh, but there's travel. In, there, there's travel, yes. There's travel involved in the schedule, and that's another thing that has to be looked at. How are you vetting your hotels that teams are staying at? Yeah. You know, how will team – now, all these teams travel by charter. They're not, they're not schlepping through commercial like you and I would. But it only takes one, Chuck Freebie. But it only takes one. Flight attendant. Mm-hmm. Guy on the ground that gets too close. Whatever. Fill in the blank. So, looking forward to talking about some actual baseball results here coming up. South Bend Summer Camp opened up last night. They had 11 guys over there, most of them wearing masks as they worked out. And we'll see if they wind up adding more people to that camp as time goes on here. 
Can we talk some local sports? Sure. Jimtown. Jimtown apparently did not want to change the monograms on the coaches' towels, so they went from Matt Schaus to Matt Stoll to keep the MS there. Uh, Matt Stoll uh, was the JV coach at Elkhart Central last year. He's a Ferris State grad, big guy, played a little bit of professional basketball as well, and that's one of the things that Jimtown liked about him is he has that kind of experience. He's young. He's still in his 20s, so they feel like he can relate to the kids well. And it'll be interesting to see how he is able to compete in the NIC. Here's the problem for Jimtown. Their top six scorers from last year. Their top six all graduated. So he has less than 100 varsity points combined coming back onto his roster next year in a Northern Indiana conference that is highly competitive and has a lot of good talent in it. So his hands are going to be full taking over this Jimtown program. But it's interesting to me that he gets hired there. I know there are some people with Jimtown ties that applied for and interviewed for that job and didn't get it. And it kind of shows the changing of the guard at a school like Jimtown that has really changed from, let's say, 1980 when Bill Sharp took over the football program. He actually took over in 79. But let's say 80 because that's a nice round number. And the way that area, at that time, Jimtown was considered kind of a hard scrabble railroad school. Uh, They were 1A. Well, now there's a lot of suburban-style subdivisions that have developed over there around Jimtown High School. And Jimtown has gone from being a 1A school to a 3A school. And its community, its clientele has changed quite a bit too. There's, quite frankly, there's some more money in that area of town now than there used to be. And they've added soccer and they've joined a different conference. And it just Times change, and you see the the school's athletic program somewhat changing with it. So there are fewer ties to the old guard now at Jimtown, and they're trying to create somewhat of a new experience over there. And I think it shows in the coaches that they hired for both football and basketball this year. They went with younger guys who had not been head coaches before, hoping to perhaps better relate to the players. Nothing wrong with what the old guard did. They had success. Bill Sharp certainly had unprecedented success. He's a Hall of Fame coach. Mike Campbell had some good years there at Jimtown, but now they've kind of cut the ties to the old guard and brought in this new guard, and it'll be interesting to see how the Jimmies develop. Can I go off script for a moment? Sure. What have you heard about uh, high school football, how practice is going around our area? Well, they just started this week. That's a, that's a very valid question. People are being very guarded about the heat right now. Sure. And trying to ease into things. We're still uh, six-plus weeks from opening day. And the official start of practice when you can start doing contact and things like that doesn't come until the first week of August. 
So right now, coaches are just focused on conditioning. And when you haven't been able to see these athletes other than Zoom calls, and you're basically having to trust that they did their workouts that they were assigned to do, Mm -hmm. and sometimes they turn in some video evidence, but they're not turning in video evidence of the whole workout. Um, As coaches, I think what they're trying to see is, okay, what's the hand that I have right now? And where can I make improvements on this? And let's get these guys into shape. It's very similar to what's happening over at Notre Dame right now. Because Notre Dame could give their athletes what to do, but they couldn't stand there and monitor them. Now you have coaches who can watch what's going on, stand there, monitor, encourage, push, chide, the things that coaches do. Uh, but, But get a better look at what they're what they're looking at for this year. And for the new coaches, the guys like a Corey Stoner at Jimtown, a Casey McCam at New Prairie, even a Russ Radke at Knox, kind of getting your first look at your personnel and getting to start those relationships that you need to have with players to have a successful program. Okay. Earlier in the podcast, you mentioned the name Rizzo. Mm-hmm. Earlier this morning, your phone went off. Your ringtone was Lizzo. In the <laughs> hallway moments ago, I talked to a Bizzo. But I'd like to talk about Izzo. Tom Izzo is having a heck of a year recruiting at Michigan State. Uh, The last time we joined you, we talked about uh, Eamon Bates, or or Imani Bates, excuse me. From Ypsilanti? The kid from Ypsilanti who could be going straight to the NBA if rules change, but if not, he'll spend a year at Michigan State playing for Tom Izzo. He's a member of the class of 2022. A member of the recruiting class of 2021 is a shooting guard by the name of Max Christie, 6'4", out of Rolling Meadows, Illinois. And you say, well, how good is Max Christie? Well, when you got Duke, Villanova, Michigan State, Ohio State knocking at your door to come see you play, basically telling the home state school, Illinois, you're not even close to being good enough to recruit, uh, that's how good Max Christie is. He's five stars. And he has decided to go to Michigan State. He is really the first Chicagoland player. Remember, Mike Krzyzewski comes from Chicago originally. Okay. So he's got a lot of ties there. And a lot of people in Chicago, when Coach K comes calling, say yes. And Max Christie said, no, I'm going to Michigan State. And that's the first time that's happened in a long, long time. So Tom Izzo is having a great recruiting season right now. And we'll see how much that helps the Spartans who, let's face it, they're always a force in the Big Ten. They have been uh, since the days of Judd Heathcote, and Izzo's teams have always been competitive, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. Chuck, we've exhausted the script. We will talk a little bit about the NBA. Okay. The bubble. And uh, what did you think of the food choices inside the bubble, Mr. Man? I thought it was a joke. I thought it was some sort of uh, comedic whatever, but it looked like it looked like uh, someone tweeted middle school lunch. Mm-hmm. Someone tweeted airline food, and maybe somebody grabbed a, somebody else's stuff and put it on their tray. Uh, and then someone tweeted a picture of two nuggets and a hot dog for the smile and said, this is about the same thing. Maybe it was because it was dinner and they knew 
it was the end of the night, so here's a quick little whatever. That could be. It has to pick up. One would think. With these athletes, you can't be eating a little salad. And I saw like a little thing of butter and a roll. I thought, no way. These guys eat like hosses, right? Well, yes and no. I mean, usually a lot of these NBA guys, not all of them, but a lot of them have either a personal chef or a personal nutritionist. Yes. To make sure that they're eating right. I think you're correct in this is towards the end of the day. This is viewed as a snack, not a meal. They're probably guessing they ate previously to right uh traveling to the bubble yes yes so we'll see how things let's see what today's meal otherwise i think uh popeyes might have a (laughs) somehow the bubble may have a leak that goes directly to popeyes i'm not sure boy does that sound good but this is a this is something that uh damian lillard of portland talked about earlier in the week you got 22 teams Coming into the bubble. And it's not just players, it's coaches, it's trainers. You know, there is it some family? There's some family. Is there? Hmm. You're trusting that many people to stay within the confines of this place and not venture outside. I it sounds like a great episode of Big Brother. It is. <laughs> and and that's except you know, in Big Brother. I don't think the temptation is to ever go. Nobody wants to leave the Big Brother house. Right. While here, everybody's going to want to leave. And some people like Spencer Dinwiddie of Brooklyn doesn't, don't come in. Uh, Devin Kennedy, who played for Marion, then went to Princeton, and is in the NBA G League. He mm-hmm. plays for the Nets in the G League. Okay. He said, half my teammates are on this on this NBA roster for Brooklyn right now because half of the Brooklyn team ain't going to Orlando. Wow. DeAndre Jordan, Spencer Dinwiddie. I mean, some of their better players aren't going. And and Brooklyn right now is the seventh seed in the East. So it's going to be very interesting to see what the NBA looks like when it returns to the floor. Okay. Also, speaking of interesting and different looks, uh, and we promised promise this on the last Sport Jack. By the way, shout out to Adam Yoder, the golf coach at Northwood High School. Adam, I think if you have any guts at all, you will make the Sport Jack themes on your ringtone. Really? Well, he, he tweeted about that the other day. <laughs> and... Um, oh, Adam. I think... And as I told him... Anybody who tells you that you shouldn't has bad taste. So I think that should be Adam's ringtone. Quite frankly, if you're listening to this show, you should consider making our theme song your ringtone. Uh, but- I don't know if there would be anything more complimentary than Adam out on the back nine. Yeah. And the phone goes off and you hear that theme. If someone caught that on video, I, I think we'd be done. That'd be a mic drop. Really? <laughs> Well, that might be a goal of some of our listeners to just see the show come to a screeching halt. You can hear people running to the course. Yes. Uh, But anyway, um, we're we're getting on to the subject of music and music being done differently now. Mm. 
And you and I had vastly different concert experiences over the weekend. Why don't you talk about yours? Because you saw a group perform live. Mm -hmm. One of the bands that we play many times on the radio station Chuck and I work at for King & Country did their first drive-in theater show in Wabash, Indiana. My wife and I drove down there on Saturday night in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And it's a drive-in theater. They did two back-to-back shows at 4 p.m., 8 p.m., and it was a new experience to them. So imagine four lanes of cars, bottlenecking into one lane, into a little hut that takes your ticket. Right. Uh, 13 rows to choose from. The higher the row, the higher the ticket price. Oh. Uh, they wanted you to pre-order your concession food via a app called Fan Food. Okay. And you could just either pick it up or it was delivered to your car. We, we didn't do that. Uh, merchandise was sold pre on their band's website, so you would just go pick it up. But they also allowed you to purchase there. Mm-hmm. But they had social distancing in place. But the band kind of forgot how to pack their trailer for a live show. It had been four months, so they forgot some things. Um, The stage was the venue's stage, not the band's stage. And bands sometimes can be very, we need this amount of room for what we want to accomplish. Right. And uh, there were some logistics speed bumps there. The LED screen was hanging from two giant cherry pickers. Sure. And uh, it was windier earlier in the day so it had to come down lower for mm. safety purposes it went up higher but they built their screen at this drive-in to the west the sun sets at 9:22 but it doesn't get dark until an hour later so it just the even the LED screen was still kind of hard to, to see to see so i'm i'm good friends with the band's manager who's also their dad you know we're bringing our own stage next time mm-hmm. we're going to we're going to we're going to tighten down this LED screen for any kind of weather. Uh, ticket price adjustments. Uh, too high? Too salty. Yeah. And they've got a show this weekend in St. Louis. He said, it's too late now, but way too high a ticket price. Now, that one they didn't set. The radio station St. Louis set. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do they want to do two shows in one day? They may have to because of the amount of space or lack thereof at a drive-in theater compared right. to... The arena of the oh, sure. country. Yeah. It was fun, though. I got to be up on stage kind of last minute and introduce them. And I'm so used to a crowd announcer kind of back and forth. It's kind of hard when they're scattered like that. Right. And I don't want to say so far back, but it was just hard to kind of get a read on anybody. Did you have people honk their horns if they liked what you said? Not really. Mm. No. They did have the FM tuner. Okay. Into the band's mixing board so you could hear it in the car. Oh, nice. It actually sounded really decent. I bet it sounded probably better than it would echoing through yes. the drive-in. Yeah, it sounded really good. Um, and they had a good experience, but no, but they'll, they'll adjust for this weekend. Now, you had that. Sunday night, I think I was like many of our listeners, and I watched ESPN broadcast an Eagles concert that was recorded live at the Inglewood Forum before the Lakers moved into Staples Center. What version of the Eagles was this? This is the 2018 version. 
So Is there's it no. Gill? It's post Glenn Fry. It's Vince Gill. Oh, okay. Vince Gill uh, singing with them. Which Glenn Fry's son, I Glenn believe. Glenn Fry's son Deacon performed with them. Joe Walsh, Stephen Schmidt, um, Timothy B. Schmidt, Timothy B. Schmidt. Excuse me, Stephen. Don Henley. Don Henley was amazing. Is there a Stephen in that band? Yes, he plays guitar. Can't think of his last name. Joe Walsh. Yes. Okay, I wonder who that is. Um, now, you might say this was on ESPN. Remember I, I when? Did say that when ESPN was founded. It was founded as the Entertainment and Sports Programming Network. So this was kind of a a tip of the cap back to their roots. And I'll tell you what, I found it a very enjoyable watch because it was a it was a live concert, but it wasn't done for TV necessarily. I mean, there was a filming of a live concert. Obviously, they planned on showing this at some time. Mm-hmm. But you didn't get the sense that it was like the Garth Brooks show. When I watched that back, I still felt like that was done for TV and 80,000 people were allowed into Notre Dame Stadium to watch a TV show get recorded. This Eagles concert seemed more like a concert that was given at a venue and the TV viewers were allowed to peek in and see that. Mm -hmm. And it was just, I thought it was really, really well done and and a very enjoyable evening. And I wouldn't mind seeing more of that on TV. More of a filmed perspective of, it was just a show, the TV was down here as far as priority. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. 100%. So, I don't know if they have any plans on re-airing it or if you can see it anywhere on demand, but I would encourage you to to take a look at that. My mother has seen that show twice. Can I give you some uh, Eagles behind the scenes? Sure. Because I know a gal who knows a guy. Guy, yeah. (laughs) So, uh, they record every single show. And they have someone in their sound team that goes through the show afterwards and makes notes Mm -hmm. of, you missed this, this was a little off, this was a little off, because they want want it to be on the Nuggets perfect. Sure. So Vince Gill gets a list, almost like homework. Hey, these are a few things you need to tighten up. As does a Don Henley. Joe Walsh. Joe Walsh. Deacon. What you can tell. You can tell that they still care about the product. Yeah. Now, Joe Walsh is Joe Walsh. He looks half-baked out there, and he might well be, for all I know. Don Henley does not look like a 72-year-old man out there. No. And the fact that he is so good on multiple instruments while singing amazes me. And and Vince Gill is Vince Gill. Does Deacon look like his dad? Somewhat, yeah. Yeah, there's a hint yeah. of it. Not now, Glenn, remember, was had the blonde look. Deacon is a brunette, but outside of that. Okay. So, very enjoyable. Not sports, but we act about it anyway. And if you don't like it, let us know, and we'll still probably do it next time anyway. <laughs> yeah, they got to let us know. They got to tweet how do, us. How do they let us know? 
Oh, we're on the the uh, the Twitter, the Sports Yak with two Ks. You're on the Twitter. My gosh, where's that blue check mark already? I I would like to know if if these clowns in local TV, uh, and I say that because they're at stations I don't work at. If these clowns in local TV can get blue check marks, then why can't the forty six Sports account with nearly ten thousand followers? Before 2021 is done, that's part of my goal is to get you your blue check. I would appreciate it because mm-hmm. I don't know how to go about it. You're on there, right? Yeah, 46 Sports. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. Uh, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. Leave us a review. It's always very helpful. And until next time, Yak fans. Ooga Luga, Fat Freddy Fitzsimmons. Wow, that's a lot. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sports Yak. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.